guys shall we start again hey uh second time is the charm um first off cheers yeah one more time there it is brother cheers cheers all day for everyone listening we uh, just attempted to start and technical difficulties due to puppies <laughs> dogs puppers yeah and it's funny because oh. when you walk into my house what does the sign say on the door home is where the dogs are <laughs> Yeah, and dogs like to tear things up, don't they? <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah, yeah, yeah sensitive topic. We'll get into later. All right, yeah. Maybe get but, a few of these more in me. Oh, we we got plenty to talk about in the uh, today. That we do, and we could do a whole episode on just today alone, couldn't we? We probably could. Shorter we probably one. should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, so many things happened. Um. Yeah. So this morning we started off. Um had a uh, bass tournament for the uh, bass club that uh, I'm in. And um, it was kind of a rough morning for us. Uh, I think that's probably putting it a little mildly. Um, for whatever reason, just fishing was super slow. We we were throwing everything we could at them. And I don't know why. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we just suck. Um, couldn't get a bite. Unless your name was Derek Day, um, he got one bite, and man, was it a good one! Let me—I'm going to back you up a little bit. So okay. I invited you earlier in the week. I was like, "Hey, we going out on the boat or what?" And you said, "Actually, uh, I have a tournament this weekend." And I was like, "Oh, really? Yeah. What day?" And I was just feeling it out, and you're like, "Oh, Saturday." I was like, "Okay, maybe I can get you on Sunday. I don't know." And then I asked the question, "Where, where are you? Where are you going?" Like Silver, and I had just gotten my permit or silver so i was like i'm not gonna let this go to waste and for a little bit of background i have fished silver twice now and both times have been skunked i'm not happy with it so now i have my boat i have my permit you tell me you're fishing saturday on silver and i was like don't tell me that man i'm gonna show up and poach all your fish and i kind of like laughed about it and then sure enough we both uh said well we see each other saturday morning right what time did you text me this morning i know i woke up at four um yeah, you text me like 4.35 that, hey, it's down like a foot. I was like, you're already on the water? Like, yeah, man, got out here. Yeah, so I was trying to get out there nice and early. I wanted to be the first boat in the water. So that way, um, you know, I had a little bit of a jump to get to the first spot we wanted to go to because I knew what I wanted to do. You know, fishing the lake in the past, um, I knew what spots I wanted to try and hit. I knew, you know. And I wanted to make sure I was one of the first ones to go, you know, and it's easier to do that when you're the first boat in the water. Um, yeah, but I looked it up real quick. I, w- I just wanted to make sure I was accurate with my timeline. No, you texted me at 4.56 that the water was down. Yeah. So you're already on the water at 4.56. And the tournament starts, at, and like the tournament starts at 6. And I mean, it's a, yeah. it's just a, it's just a local bass club. I think there was a total of like six of us that fished, uh, like six teams that fished today. So, I mean, it's not like it was like some big thing. I just wanted to be first. Um 
but it turns out it didn't matter. My partner uh, took a little while to get to the ramp, so it didn't really matter. But uh, hey, no, no worries. He got there well, on time. And I kind of feel like we a, still got to hit. We st- I still got to hit the spot I wanted to hit to hit first. So, well, I kind of feel like a dick because I show up and everyone's just loitering around the boat ramp, and I'd already launched the boat. I had the two guys with me today, and I was like, "Hey, um, I don't need to stick around. I have my nav lights. I'm good yeah, to go. Go for it, bro." And so I literally just yeah. started motor, and uh, yeah, you weren't in the tournament. Fucking go for it. Yeah, and so I was like, "Oh, I'm looking around, like everyone's like looking at me," and I was like, "All right, well, deuces. I'm not waiting around till six. So I'd already got to the spot that we both agreed and talked about. And by the time that you had showed up, daylight broke. We had already been fishing that spot. I don't know, 20 minutes or so, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah. When, and you, I saw you on the other side, by the way. It was just that we had been fishing it. Yeah. And then, man, this is just small details of the story, but it's pretty good details, right? I'm sitting on the boat, no bites. Nothing. I got bumped once, but I was like, oh, whatever. We'll, we'll see what happens. So I'm just stand, literally just standing on the, the bow of the boat. And I hear off in the distance the chatter of a bald eagle. And so I had Rife with me. And I was like, hey, Rife, I got to tell you something. He's like, yeah, what's up, man? There's just this thing that happens. It's not a big deal or anything. But uh, usually when I'm getting skunked, I'm not making this up. When there's a bald eagle, that's my spirit animal, man. And uh, every time a bald eagle shows up, I catch a fish. And he looked at me and goes, shut up, man. Like, no, I'm being serious. He's like, no, you're not. And you were on the other side of the bridge. So yeah. I yelled so you could hear the echo. And I was like, guy. Yeah. What happens every time there's a bald eagle when we're fishing? You, you catch, catch a fish. fish. <laughs> <laughs> and I look over at Rife and he's just shaking his head like, no. I'm like, did I just make this up or what? And then so at that point you called that, hey, we're going to go fish somewhere else. So you're only gone like three minutes. I we saw you. Long. No, you already had putzed over to the other side of the lake. Yeah. You're on the wall. You're fishing. And then I just threw up onto this like ledge where the tree stop and the bridge starts. He did not vomit. He threw his lure up. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I threw my lure up under this tree and I kept thinking all day. The the word I had in my mind or the phrase I had in my mind is finesse fish there. It's a hard bite right now. Right? So let's literally like, let's throw everything we can. Let's find out what's biting. Let's slow down. Let's slow down. It's getting a little cooler out. I don't know. Let's, Let's just try something new. And I threw my line up on that little ledge there. And it was the weirdest thing. Like I felt the bump and then I was like, that's weird. And then there was a little bit of pressure. So I go ahead and set the hook real hard and then nothing, but my line started swimming out. I'm like, Oh, okay. Shit. So I start reeling nothing, man. I just saw my line swimming. And I was like, Hey, uh, and by the time I'm literally looking back at Rife, the fish had come up to the surface and I saw the size of it and I'm, I'm a calm person. I guess I look over my hand and get the net and he's just fishing. He's like, what? I'm like, get the net. He's mm-hmm. like, what? And he turned around and looks and it's already on surface and he freaked out. Oh my God, man. He grabbed the net and he jumped up to the front with me and I go ahead and guide it back over. There was no fight, man. That fish was asleep or something. That's I felt weird. the, I felt the bump and I just reeled it to the surface and then I pull it in. Uh, I do some surgery. I think inhaled the worm. I saw in the picture or one of the pictures that there was uh, some blood coming out. Of the gills. Oh, it, it gutted it. It gutted it so much that my entire worm I thought had come off the, the hook because I had gut the worm and it was the hook through the throat. So it took some surgery with uh, two pairs of needle nose pliers, cut the line, got the hook out and I kept it in the live well. But as soon as I cleared it all, it was landed. It was good. I yelled. I, we heard you. 
Yeah, and you're how like half a mile away, maybe. Yeah, we we yeah we heard we heard you yelling, and I didn't yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you guys were just fucking with us or if you actually caught something. And at that point, I was like, I'm pretty excited. Hell yeah, put it in the the live well. I don't even think we kept fishing. We, I may have cast like one or two more times. I'm like, hey, I gotta go show a guy. And I was like, hey guys, follow my lead on this. Don't act, don't act surprised. Let's just be cool. We came over to you, and I was like, hey man, any bites or anything? And you're like, no. How about you? Was that yelling about? And I kind of avoided it. I was like, yeah, did you see that bald eagle? And I baited you into it. And you're like, uh, I mean, we, I, no, I think it was this goose right here. I'm like, no, there was a bald eagle. We heard the cackling, you know, up in the tree. Mm. And then uh, you didn't get anything? And you're like, uh, no, man. How about you? What was that yelling about? I was like, oh, yeah, well, if you want to fish, I guess there's this thing. And I reached into my live well and pulled out a 19-inch, 3.2. Yeah, 3.2 pound. Yeah. Yeah. And there she yeah. was. Yeah, beautiful fish. That was great. And uh, Jet, I mean, from the people we talked to on the on the lake, uh, it it was rough for everybody. Uh, I meant to ask you. So, what was the follow up at the uh, the weigh in? Like, who won? What was the, the I, fish? I don't know. We didn't have any fish to weigh in. So, and the so guy yeah. and the guy weighing in was the guy that was doing the weigh in. The weighing in was uh, kind of late. So, I just told somebody like, "Hey, just tell the dude we were here, so we get credit for showing up." And I, yeah. I'm, I'm leaving. Um, Damn. I, I had a rough day. <laughs> so and I even put uh, real quick. I just want to finish this with the idea of finesse fishing, slow it down. And this is actually a question. Someone texted me a minute ago. So we'll go over some questions in a little bit, but I throw some crazy stuff sometimes and I get some yeah. weird looks for it. So when I'm throwing bubble gum, pink finesse trick worm, wacky worm, but even that color pink. And I'm thinking in my mind, like yeah. it's such a bright color. Mm-hmm. And then I just left it on the bottom, just smacked the end of my rod a little bit. And then, like I said, finesse fish. So to hear that it was a rough day for everyone. So I even put on my caption, I said, a slow bite, but they are out there. Mm-hmm. And you literally just have to find what they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was rough. Um, I mean, how you had three you had three people on the boat. And all I think you guys were all doing the same thing, right? In the end, we all started switching up to kind of get ourselves vectored to the right lure and set up. So by the end of it, yeah, we were all throwing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, however, I would say Rife definitely got a huge bump. And then, uh, yeah, Paul didn't get anything. Yeah. It is what it is. But you, you yeah. got something, though, right? What did you walk away from? Um, or walk away with, right? Well, it's it's funny you mentioned hook surgery. So uh, <laughs> nice. I, I caught a, a swim bait uh, screw hook straight to the leg. And when I say caught, I mean like the whole damn thing went into my leg, like barb, everything, all the way to basically where the hook turns and you get to the, like the base, the bottom of the hook. Which is impressive because I saw the video and I have so many questions for you. But what's impressive up front of the story is usually it's like treble hooks, right? Because it's more hooks. You have a yeah. greater chance of it hooking you. So to yeah. see what that lure was, I was like, what? That, that went into your shin? Yeah, so let me, I guess I'll break down how this happened. So I was using a swim bait, Texas rigged with a bullet uh, weight on the front, obviously. Um, just, you know, the, the, we, this was, it was 10 something at this point. And we had already been out there for four hours, you know, haven't had, we haven't even had a bite. Um we're, we're trying everything at this point. We're trying yeah. anything we can think of. So I threw, a, I threw a white minnow on, Texas rig it. And I was actually on the side of the bridge that you caught that bass. And um, 
cast over. I get caught into a, I get caught in a bush. So I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to pull it out, trying to pull it out. And I ask, I come and I, you know, I'll just do the straight time thing, just pull it, just pull it straight out. So, so I'll just, I'll just like, you know, muscle it out. So I, I, I'm holding my, the weird thing is, I'm holding the rod out to the side and pulling on it. But again, I'm holding my rod out to the side so that way this thing doesn't shoot back directly at you. me. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, apparently that doesn't always guarantee that. <laughs> so it comes shooting out of the bush and smack right into my leg and i didn't even actually feel it go in all i all i felt was the weight kind of smack my <laughs> smack my shin and i even I, I turned my head and i like looked to where i thought the lure would be in the water and then i noticed there's no lure there's no line what the hell where to go and i looked back down i looked down and it's in my fucking leg <laughs> i was like oh shit that's crazy that's not supposed to be there and like i bend over and i touch it i'm like oh fuck and it, it wasn't so much it didn't hurt so much as much as it was like oh fuck um this thing's on my leg that's not supposed to be there and i bend down touch it real quick i'm like uh and I, khalil my buddy uh my partner khalil muhammad is in the boat he's in the front of the boat and i go uh uh khalil um this thing's in my leg <laughs> just, just kind of nonchalant i mean i was, was kind of calm about it I was like, uh, this thing's in my leg, man. He, he's like, what? I turn around. He just, no shit. The whole fucking hook's in my leg. And I'm kind of bent over. I'm kind of fucking with it. And there was another boat that was in the tournament um, that was kind of nearby. And I guess they could, he could kind of tell through, I, I guess, my body language or whatever, that there was something wrong. And nice enough to stop fishing and come over and check us out and see what was going on. And so I had the hook in, uh, the hook in my leg. And, he's like, and I was like, fuck, dude, we got to like, because at this point, I don't know how to get this thing out. I'm like, fuck, we got to go to the damn ER. And um, and then I'm like, man, if I go to the ER, I got to deal with like uh, flight medical on base and everything. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do that. And nope. <laughs> man, I don't want to fucking do yeah, that. No way. And then um, the uh, dude's partner and that was in the back of the boat i don't know if it's if it's a son or a friend of uh somebody a friend's son or a friend's son or well, i don't know i don't know the relationship there but um he goes um you know how, he goes, i know how to get that out and i think he's just fucking with me i'm like oh okay ha 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 yeah okay whatever he goes no seriously i know how to get that out oh oh really so he uh tells me um take take braided line you know, tie it onto the hook a few times, like down to like the bait, almost to like where it's even with where it's connected there on the on the circle there, toward, close to close to where it's entering your body, and then somebody has got to just yank it out, just super fast. And I was like, oh fuck, I don't. I'm like, I, I said to him, I said, uh, that sounds like it's going to hurt like hell. <laughs> and he goes, no, dude, I promise. I swear. Like, I, I promise it, it. It doesn't hurt. I was like, how in the fuck does yanking a hook out of you? Like, I'm thinking like, how does no, that it hurt. It doesn't make any yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. It makes zero sense. Right. So finally, it didn't take much convincing, but finally I'm just like, okay, you know what? Fuck going to the ER waiting all this time. We'll just yank it out. If it hurts a little bit, it hurts a little bit, whatever. And, um, so the dude's like, and, and, and the kid, I, I call him a kid. He's, he's 18. He's a kid to us, right? Um, the kid goes, okay, cool. I'm going to take a video. I was like, hold on. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Why are you taking a video? Because so now, now, you know, anytime you have, I mean, no, anytime you have something stuck in you, you're like, 
yeah. kind of freaking out a little bit. And yeah. now somebody wants to take a video of the procedure that's going to be pulling this out of your leg. He's expecting a funny reaction. And I'm like, wait a second. Are you bullshitting me? <laughs> I was like, this is going to hurt just like hell, isn't it? Video. Yeah, because yeah. all because he wanted to just take a video, right? I'm like, yeah, he's fucking pulling something here. And so I'm like, ah, I don't fucking know, dude. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, he pulls up a video, and it's fucking Kevin Van Dam getting yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, did you just YouTube it? There's so many no, videos out there of people doing this. To make me feel better, yeah. he pulls up this video. And he goes, no, look, here, look, Kevin Van Dam. Obviously, I know who that is. For those of you that don't, legendary bass fisherman in the uh pro circuit um and uh sure enough he does the exact same thing fucking yanks it right out Wrap it and pull. he but in the video he was like yeah this is gonna hurt or whatever and he pulls it out he doesn't really react or whatever and um and he goes see look he, he didn't show any pain and i'm like look i am willing to admit kevin van dam is a little bit more of a man than i am all right <laughs> i am comfortable enough in my own masculinity to admit that <laughs> and, and uh you know we, we had a laugh and so finally, uh, finally, I'm like, "Fuck it, we gotta do." We're like, "We're gonna do this." I'm like, let's just do this. Let's get it out. And he's gonna video it, and uh, I'm like, "Okay, whatever. I guess I get, I get to remember this. I can post it on the on the on the Facebook page, whatever." And um, so the guy's like, "Okay, yeah. So who, you know, which one of us three do you want to do it?" And I look around, and I like, I I know those two just through tournaments we've done, but like, I'm actually friends with Khalil. And Khalil is also a big power lifter, right? Fucking jacked, strong dude. And I'm like, you know what? If nothing else, say like some for whatever reason he pulls it like kind of at a weird angle. He's strong enough to where it's gonna come it's out regardless. Yeah. It's going to come out. It may hurt like a motherfucker, but it'll be done, right? That that's the worst case scenario. So I was like, all right, Khalil, come on, man. Like shit, uh, come on, man. Let, let's do this thing. And he, he actually is funny. He told me afterwards, he goes, dude, I was more nervous than you were. <laughs> like, he was worried about fucking, he was worried yeah. about fucking something up, which understandable. I'd probably be pretty nervous in that situation too. So we, uh, we tie, you know, we, we tie the braided line four times, four knots onto the hook. We, we bunch them all together. And, um, it was funny at the, like at the time, like I have my leg sitting up on the bench. And he's and Khalil sitting next to me, and the line, and, and, and the line is kind of that he's holding on to that he's going to yank on is kind of pointing towards me. I was like, "Hold on, dude! Like, fucking make sure you're pointing that the right direction. Make sure." And like, I think I told him five times, "You're going that way. You're going that way. You're going that way. <laughs> like, that's the direction you're pulling, right?" And um, so yeah, so finally they're like, "All right, dude, like look away." And I'll like I like real well, one last thing I said. I, I, I asked the kid and the dude that he was with, I'm like, you guys, so you guys have done this before? And they go, oh, no, we've never done it. We just heard it works. <laughs> like, Whoa, hold on. Oh, fuck. Oh, I need another second. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, fuck it. Fuck it. Just go. So they're like, all right, look away. So I look away and then sure, Khalil fucking rips it out and I, I didn't feel a thing. Like, I, like you feel the fact that something has just left your body, like your leg, but as far as pain was concerned, it hurts more now than it did. Like, that's just, it doesn't, it's not even pain right now. It's just more sore. I feel more from that than I did from them yanking it out. Yeah. So it, 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 it ended up being like nothing. So, and now that I know how to do that, that's going to be awesome. Like, that's such good knowledge to have. I don't know how I never even heard that before. It's funny because I've grown up around fishing. 
I've been around it my entire life and I've seen a lot of crazy injuries and scenarios. And for how many times I've seen that, it's funny to see your reaction to a situation that I don't want to say I'm numb to, but like I know what to do. Right. And I've seen how people react to it, right? So to see your build up and you're so worried about it, and it's like my daughter getting a shot. She goes to the doctor and like, you got to yeah. get a shot today. And she starts panicking and freaking oh, yeah. out, crying. And it's a build up all four. You didn't even feel it, right? So for me, it's kind didn't of funny that exactly you you had this big build up that you hype it up and then it was nothing. But now we have a funny video kind of in a quick, you know. Yeah, whatever. And that's why but, I, I watched um, the video like three times. And I was like, what kind of lure was it? How big was yeah. the the hook? Was it blah blah blah? So it was a good size hook. Well, now um, you know it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, and now, yeah, anytime I get hooked, now I'm like, oh fuck it, just pull it out, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah, and, and it's just it's fisherman's first aid. Yeah, the that's crazy thing is. too is like, especially when you get into different types of lures and multiple hooks that you're yeah. worried about a secondary hook. Right. I mean, I've seen so many pictures in the last couple of weeks. Now that I'm following all these different accounts of people. Because I mean, you got to think about how dangerous is it to be on a moving object, a floating object that's going up and down side to side. We are spaced apart. However, we're throwing hooks. Yeah. It, it just takes a little kid, me, you not paying attention that I hook you in the face. And there are some horrendous pictures of people getting hooked in the eye, mm-hmm. eyelids, ears, throat. Because mm-hmm. we're right at throat line when I cast, right? I bring my, uh, my rod back to yeah. parallel with your shoulders. And then I, depending on how you're casting, but yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. You know, it's but like I said, or even, even Rife today made the joke, oh, I almost spilled some hooks. I'm like, well, that would have been the first in the new boat. So don't spill any hooks, especially with the carpet. You don't see them. Yeah. And I walk around barefoot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's all it takes. That's all it my, takes is you step on a hook. My uh, grandpa got hooked in the back of the head with a spinner bait one time. Um, they it was kind of so it was my uncle, which is you know, obviously his son, and then um, my great uncle was also in the boat with him. And so my uncle was in the middle, great uncle in the back, grandpa in the front, and they were all bass fishing. And you know my grandpa told my uncle like, "Hey, no side casting, just go right over the head." If you side cast, you're going to hit somebody. Well, for like an hour, everything was fine. And then my uncle, I guess, forgot and went to side cast one time right in the back of the head. And yeah. Right in the back of grandpa's head, went to the ER, nurse laughed at him. <laughs> they pulled it out and all good to go. But that's what's funny, right? Because now, like I said, through my experience, YouTube it. You can find ways to get hooks out of you pretty easily. Yeah. Um, it's amazing what the internet can do these days. So. I think this was actually a question. Let's just go ahead and talk about it now. Yeah. So let me see if I can find it and read it verbatim. But if not, it uh, was something along the lines of like, what's the craziest experience you've ever seen while fishing? Um, oh, no, this is some of my friend. I reached out uh, and I was, uh, okay. he's like, hey, I got a question for you. So I have a few, so I can read it. Okay. But I'm paraphrasing. So anyway, it was something like, uh, what's the craziest experience you've had while fishing? Kind of funny. I've had quite a few. But one of the funniest ones I saw, man, was we were down in the Keys lobstering and my friend gets bored very easily. And it was his boat. It was he was the one running the trip. We're down there. And even doesn't matter. We were 20 years old and he gets bored very easily. So we had a bunch of bait fish we were using. So we we're just free lining, looking for whatever we can pick up. And he had cast out this pen fish that like almost all fish, the dorsal fin have spikes. He throws out this fish. 
He's freelining it. He's bored. And I'll never forget. He's on the back of the boat. We're up at the front. And I just, at the same freaking moment, dude, I turn around and he goes, hey, look, a flying fish. And his fish was on surface. And he yanks it thinking he's funny. And he yanked it too hard. And this freaking fish come flying right at him. Well, in a panic, what does he do? He raises his hand up. And the oh, dorsal no. fin that is filled with spikes stabs yeah. his hand. And so he's got like five, six puncture wounds now across his palm. Boom. And so he immediately, oh, fucking drops his rod. The fish hits the deck, you know, and he like pulls his hand back, starts shaking it. And we're all laughing. We're all, you're an idiot, dude. Yeah. And we're standing there. We keep fishing and we turn around and look and he's not looking good. And all of are like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, I don't feel good. I can't really breathe. And we're like, shut up, man. <laughs> you know, you're an idiot. Shut up. So we keep fishing. We're having a good time. And then we look and he's sitting down and like, his head's down We're like what would the fuck? like really he's like i can't breathe i don't feel good like jesus we'll come to find out yeah he had a uh, allergic reaction it started going to uh, anaphylactic shock because yeah. of his severe reaction to this fish sticking him and that cuts a fishing trip short real quick yeah real fucking fast. real quick yeah real fucking quick yeah for sure luckily we had benadryl on board and we just gave him benadryl and started heading back in but it's just so crazy that just being dumb that's all it was was him just messing around yanks a fish trying to be funny a flying fish and then he could literally have died yeah oh well i mean hell i mean most of the time an accident occurs is because somebody's fucking around yeah somebody's somebody's grab assing right so complacency kills like what my dad always says like if you don't touch it you can't break it and that, that kind of fits in a broader spectrum of well if you don't fucking do dumb shit you're not you mostly happen then yeah, yeah usually <laughs> the, the extra dumb shit doesn't come with it right yeah. so that's fair um for me craziest hell i've told the story already um but i'll i'll, I'll kind of bring it up again one of the craziest things that ever happened to me was when we were fishing bremen shellcracker with my brother and my grandpa fucking thing breaks my line takes the hook and split shot and everything boat next to us catches a fish says hey i caught your fish yeah, fucking holding it up by the damn Weight caught it by the weight. Still, somehow the split shot stayed on the line and was able when he was able able to reel this damn thing in. Which I mean, for me, that's like crazy. It's like dumb. It's dumb luck. It's just it's it's so many different things on so on like a lot of different levels. So that was just wild. I had a friend who he had a. It's kind of like a John boat, I guess. Just take my boat, you know, and just make it smaller. I guess he was so proud of it, and. It was awesome. We were all in high school. He had a boat and we were building it. You know, he put carpet in all the stuff. So we decided to run down to Tampa Bay and go out fishing. There's three of us in a boat that shouldn't have three people in it. So front, middle, back, no room to sit side by side or anything. And my friend was in the back messing around like we were just talking about. And he had a brand new mirror lure. It was a top water and he just wanted to see if we get some top water action. So we were all standing up in the boat. And as soon as he casted, man, it's a heavy lure too. He got some distance on it. The same freaking moment he casted, a pelican was flying by and it, he hit the pelican. The pelican didn't know any different. So it kept flying and he yanked to see if it didn't set the hook that hopefully he cast it over it and then he could clear the line from it. When he did, no, that freaking lure set into the pelican's arm or excuse me, it's wing. So right as he yanks, that freaking thing turns and dive bombs into the water. And now he's got a hooked pelican. We're in a... 12 foot john boat <laughs> you know like i said we there shouldn't have three people in it right um i definitely don't think we had all the proper ppe you know we, i don't think we have flotation or anything we're just dumb you know teenagers so now he's reeling in this pelican 
And I am telling him, like, hey, all right, this is happening, man. It's happening. He's like, just cut the line. I'm like, no, you're not cutting the line where you now have potentially 40 foot of line attached to a pelican with a brand new lure set into it. No, we're not like, I'm not killing this bird for you, man. That's wrong. So let's just get the bird in. Let's do the right thing. Well, I've dealt with pelicans before. So as soon as it got close enough, I was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. It's going to be really angry, but we just have to grab under its neck. That's all or, uh, under its head. It's bill has a hook on the end of it. And if that thing hits you, it, it's going to cut you. So what we'll do is let me get it around the neck first and then I'll grab its bill and secure it. And then it's going to go crazy, but I don't care about the wings or, you know, any of that. Just let me grab it. So we get up close. Uh, we end up bringing it right alongside of the boat. I end up grabbing around the neck, the right place. It had its mouth open. I didn't care about that. I just want to get under its throat. I secured that, brought it in. And that thing was, it was off. Obviously it's pretty pissed, right? But like I said, it's only like a 12 foot boat. If that, so we bring it in, I'm sitting there trying to hold this Pelican. They're trying to, literally you can't yank it out like we just did to you right so instead you have to push the barb all the way through cut the barb and free the bird that way and she's like man only in the water in these conditions in a 12-foot boat with a pissed off bird <laughs> you know now it's hooked it's where stories are made though that's why they call them fisherman stories anything that can go wrong will go wrong in fact uh he said i owe you and i was like all right it's so dumb like i said we're dumb teenagers so he said, well, tell you what, I'll buy you lunch today and uh, for doing that. But before you do, I'll buy you a lunch and a milkshake if you will eat one of these minnows. And it was just stupid things we'd cast netted, you know. And I was like, all right. And I look, and these things had been dead for a while. And when I say a while, like a couple hours now. And they've been <laughs> fucking cooking in the Florida sun. And I was like, well, he goes, yeah. I'll buy your lunch today. I already owe you that, but I'll get you a milkshake and all this. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. We'll even stop on the way home. Uh, but go ahead and eat one of those too. And I'll, I'll double down on it. I'll get you two lunches. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> so I'm eating this stupid freaking minnow or, or uh, greenback, excuse me, greenback that we cast netted. And so I, I gutted it. Oh, all right, we're good. I got so sick, man. I was throwing up the whole ride back to the boat ramp. We stopped at five guys. Like the first time ever I had five guys. I couldn't even eat the burger. I was so sick. Stupid shit. So somewhere, if Ryan is listening, my buddy Ryan, if he's listening to this, he's gagging right now because he has a similar story. Yeah. And so <laughs> we um we were fishing at uh, uh, Killens. We were on the bank at Killens Pond, and we're fishing. I had live minnows and uh, worms, and um I'm fishing with uh, it's myself, Ryan, and our other friend uh, Sam. You know. Uh, we were all three of us were hanging out together. Plus, one of, usually one of our other, other buddies, Will, was all, would also be with us. But anyway, we're all three hanging out together, fishing. And uh, Ryan says to Sam, no, yeah, Ryan says to Sam, no, I think Sam says to Ryan, if you eat one of those minnows, I'll shotgun. I think it was 10 beers in two hours, right? Or something like that. And Ryan said, fucking deal. <laughs> yeah, good call. Go. So, but I mean, these weren't small minnows. The there were about three inches long. And they were thick boy. There were there were some thick boys and still alive. So Ryan takes one of these minnows, man, down the hatch. He he instantly regretted it. He wanted to throw up um he says he, he, he to this day he, he sometimes can still like feel the minnow in, inside of his throat. Yeah. Well, 
So <laughs> true to his word, Sam shotguns 10 beers in like two hours. And oh my God. <laughs> Do you got obliterated? It was fantastic. I think he almost threw up too. So I have two stories that wrap up to both of these topics we talked about, and maybe this is appreciation or I don't know what the word would be, but uh, getting a hook in your leg and swallowing a fish. Did you ever watch Jackass growing up as a kid? Yeah. Did you ever watch the one yeah. where Steve goes to the Bahamas and they put that hook through his uh, cheek? Yeah, yeah. Good yeah. night, man. When I saw that, and I, I, I've been around this before, and to see him. Like hold his own face still while Chris Pontius pushed that hook through. God, man, like, and that's a big hook. That is fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah, and they threw him out to go swim with Mako sharks. Yeah, was it Mako sharks? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't remember. Well, I did I not remember know. what type of sharks they were, but yeah. I just listened to his podcast recently, Stevo's, and he's got some crazy. Like, there's no censorship there. He just, you think he would be like a little polite towards his guests, but when he has a story of like that should probably go to the grave. He doesn't hold back. He lets them all go. So he, when they talked about that story though, he was like, actually, believe it or not, they didn't get the right shot. So they were asking him do it again. So they went back the next day and that was a two day shot of him piercing his cheek twice. God, dude, what? And then the other story is very early jackass. I'm talking MTV, like before the movies or any of that. Right. They had one of them where, uh, he swallowed a goldfish whole. And then puked it up, so he drank the whole the whole. The, I forgot what the stunt was called, but he drank the the fish bowl, and it had a goldfish in it, right? So he drank the water and the goldfish, and then he like did jumping jacks and cartwheels and clownery, and then he threw it up, and the goldfish was still alive. Oh, metal, God, <laughs> metal, so, metal goldfish. <laughs> yeah, who's more badass there, right? The goldfish wins. <laughs> He's Crazy. still alive, and he didn't throw up. So yep. So. I tagged you in something on Facebook. Uh, what was it like yesterday or the day before? Um, Yellowstone is now multiple people tagged me in this, dude. <laughs> Yellowstone is once again in the news. God, um, man, how the, gnarly is that place? Uh, oh my goodness! Because um, I was on there, I was just I, I didn't follow them, and then yeah. since you tagged me, and I, I went ahead and followed them and started looking back in the s- stories, and just in twenty twenty two alone, man, God, the stories that have come out from that place, and it's like. Yo- Yellowstone is never in the news because um, of something like, like oh look how pretty it is. No, it's because somebody look at got these fucked cubs. Up. <laughs> you know, yeah. no, somebody got fucked up by like a bison, a bear, or something else. Right, just alone this year. It's not like one or two stories. I was looking at them, and it's like, good night, man. How many of these stories? It's like, why are we okay? Like, why are we just numb to this? Yeah. Because it's Yellowstone. Like, is that the excuse here? But. We'll just even start with my trip. Two weeks leading up to my trip, that woman was killed. She was trampled to death by a buffalo. And the the story there is, well, don't take a selfie with a buffalo, right? Uh, After the flooding, which that was a big one, uh, it was only like two days later when they opened the park back up. There's a video. I I should tag you. I'll find it. I'll do it. But the dad running away with a little kid getting gored by another freaking buffalo right there. Old Faithful, the same buffalo that I was just taking pictures of two weeks prior. I mean, where does this where does it end? I mean, there's so many stories. Uh they had a person go missing, I think, last month. Just a random one person missing. They're like, oh, we don't know where they are. Good luck. And then look at the story that you just tagged me in from two days ago. They so they found a foot in one of the hot springs. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but uh they say I think they said that the spring gets up to like 150 degrees Fahrenheit. But anyway, they found a they found a shoe, and I thought this verbiage was weird the way they put this with 
part of a foot in the shoe. And that's where it got weird, right? Because I read the whole article and it said no foul play. Right. And I'm like, okay, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you mean no foul play if they how, found how a you... foot in a shoe in a yeah. hot spring? How in the hell can you tell if there's foul play or not if you only have the fucking foot? Yeah. So, but it's not like it, it's 140. I think it was. It was actually they say it's one of the cooler. Okay. It's one of the cooler hot springs because okay. a lot of them they just boil. So okay. it's like, well, at least it's not boiling boiling flesh off the bone, right? So for this, it's like one of those things of, well, how do we know what happened? Like, how are we piecing this puzzle together? Was this person walking on the thin crust of this hot spring and fell in? And I think that's what they're alluding to. Well, that's what it seemed like if you read if you read the article more. They seemed like they were alluding to this person fell in, but then I got to thinking, man, 140 degrees is not enough to fucking melt bone. It would burn you. It is going to be would, miserable. Yeah, but for you just to like, for there only to be a part of a foot in showing up, I don't think that's enough for it to just completely disintegrate everything. You know what I mean? And then I'm thinking like, man, that's a busy place. Yellowstone is yeah. busy. It's yeah. really busy. Yeah. So, how is it that just one person supposedly fell into a hot spring, and then they only found a foot? Right. Well, okay. So there, there's a lot of. I mean, there's obviously a lot of questions about that. Um, because I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. I'm not a fucking scientist. Um, but like I, there's to me, I there's there's no way that the 140 degree hot spring would disintegrate a body enough to where there's only part of a foot in there. My theory if is right now, um, th- whoever this person was, was probably killed by, an, by another animal and a scavenger got a hold of a leg, a foot or something. And somehow that got dropped into the spring. Like a bird flying over drops it or yeah. something. Yeah. No, I mean, okay. yeah, yeah. Some sort of scavenger, whether it's a fox, whether it's a coyote, I, or whatever. I have so many questions too. So I want to know: like every morning, is it like a duty of the rangers there to go check all the hot springs? Because litter, I'm sure they regularly they regularly check like all those different areas. Litter is a really big deal there. Yeah, like well, also making sure people aren't trying to fucking swim in them. I mean, natural selection at that point. I have no sympathy there. Well. I'm, Fair the <laughs> the house we stayed at had a old book, really old book actually, and it was all about the history and the founding of Yellowstone. And they have one called like Handkerchief Spring or something like that. And it was a thing where people would go and just dump their handkerchiefs for good luck into the hot spring. Well, after years and years and years of doing this, it actually permanently changed the color of the hot spring because of the chemicals and the the clothing or the handkerchief material. Uh, it clogged the hot spring for a long time and they had to go in and pull out. And I think it was something like 40 pounds, I think they said, of clothing and uh, material that they had pulled from this hot spring. And so they had pictures of people going right up to the edge, literally from like 1890, whatever it was way back in the day of like pioneers laying down on these hot springs on their chest and like throwing stuff into them for good luck. That's crazy. So who's in charge of this? Who's in charge of the cleanup? Because they say every year they pull out up to a five-gallon bucket of coins from these hot springs. And it's like, okay, we well, let's talk about even that. Like, that blows my mind. So what do you do? How do you get them? Right? 
and also, so here's my other thing, right? So let's just say this person, like somebody did fall into this hot spring and now there's human remains at the bottom. How the fuck do you get down there? How do you get that person? You're not diving into it, right? Right. You would think not. Obviously they have a place or uh, something set in place, probably like a winch system or something, but they probably get like some kind of net just sitting at the bottom or something so that they can just pull up. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Crazy. But yeah, it's, yeah, cause I was thinking that too. Like, okay, there are, what, okay. So somebody, let's just say somebody did fall in, right? There's human remains now at the bottom of this hot spring. How the fuck do you go get them? When I was a little boy, little kid, young lad, one of the things, one of my friend's dad used to do is, uh, read us Darwin awards. So think about being a kid and this, <laughs> your friend's dad's reading stories about how people die. Well, he was obsessed with buying these Darwin award books. And one of them, they had a whole section on deaths at Yellowstone and it's pretty, eye-opening to see how many people actually die there number one but number two is like how they die and one of them was a guy had his dog and the dog jumped into the hot spring this one yeah and he freaking jumps in the hot spring i think it was like a great dane too a big dog and he jumps in and try to save his dog and he ends up getting boiled alive that one is probably like every time i hear that every time i even think about that one like i I just cringe because like i like not like a like a oh you idiot cringe like a damn that fucking sucks cringe like because i i mean you died for your dog. I mean, I can't. I mean, on one hand, I fucking get it. <laughs> like, funny I mean, story. Ready? We're taking a, a tangent here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how do we start this podcast? <laughs> I'll put the dog away. Because uh, what did the dog do? Uh, oh, knock the uh, yeah, the laptop. Yeah, unplugged everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So remember, I said uh, dogs are funny. I have a funny stories about dogs right now. Right. So this week, uh, my in-laws were here visiting, and I come home on lunch just to hang out with them for a little bit and get some lunch and whatnot. And my mother-in-law was like, hey, you're going to be pretty upset. And I'd been telling her all week that our dog has a problem right now where she won't stop chewing. She, she just chews everything. And so please keep an eye out. If, you, if she's not in the cage, you have to be with her. If not, she's going to chew something up. Well, they went outside to have a coffee. They're on the back patio here having a coffee, and the dogs were in the house. And only been outside apparently like 10, 15 minutes. I got a gift recently from the longest held enlisted POW ever. Seven and a half years, Captain Robbins at the air at the time, Airman Robbins uh, was held prisoner of war in Vietnam. He wrote a book recently and he actually wrote a message and personally sent me a book. Hand, a personalized handwritten letter. Yes. Sorry, I should clarify. But yeah, I and come home. Book. I come home from work and my mother-in-law's looking at me. She's like, you're not going to be happy. Like, you know, what do you, what? She's like, oh, it was Bella. I'm like, oh my God, what'd she chew up now? Like I was telling you, I thought it was a shoe or something. She's like, look on the table, please, please. Like, and I'm like, what? And I turn around, look, Bella had managed to get up on our counter right there, the island with her front paws and pulled the book down and chewed the book completely up. And I turn around and look at this book. And you know what the first thing I thought of? Good thing we're not at Yellowstone because I would throw that motherfucker in a hot spring. <laughs> just a joke everyone just a joke but yeah so she chewed up my book so now to go back off of this tangent that a guy jumped into a hot spring to save his dog right i mean because it's kind of like damn like I, I get wanting to save your dog and he probably didn't, didn't realize that it obviously didn't realize it would also kill him but um man that's a bad way to go uh-huh being boiled alive being boiled that's a fucking awful way to go and think everyone should stand around watching yeah um megan once so there's that there's the actual there's an actual book like deaths in yellowstone or whatever it is and it's just stories about people dying in yellowstone. Meg, megan wants that book she wants to read it and so i think she's gonna get the audiobook version and we're gonna kind of listen to it like a podcast 
kind of. Like whenever we're in the car together, we're just going to listen to it. And it's crazy, like the different types of deaths there are there. Bears being a big one, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, hell, Buffalo, too. People getting lost. Yeah, Buffalo is probably the deadliest thing there. I think it's weird how if you want something named after you in Yellowstone, you need to get lost there (laughs) in that area. That's not not previous lane. I want to say they've had like four tramplings, goring. Is that the right word? Gores. Goring. Uh, Just Buffalo. Four of them already this year. Yeah, I mean, people don't... And it was shut down for a month and a half. Well, people think that it can't be them. It won't be them. It's not going to happen to me. I mean, I shared the story on how I got close to one. I mean, I was from me to the... (laughs) Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to... What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, trust me, it's not going to happen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Right, see? I bet everybody else thought that, too. But once again, it's just crazy the idea of like we're just okay with it. Like, yeah, it's Yellowstone. It's wild. It's nature. Crazy. Oh well, right. Well, hey, like like we've said before, nature is actually metal. Uh, actually, nature is neat. <laughs> nature. How neat nature is that? That's a great video. Um, All right. So, so uh, you want to get into some questions? Yeah, I have one right here. All right, cool. Closest calls for hunting fishing or hiking in general which goes right into what we were just talking about kind of so yeah. what do you uh what do you view as close calls like accident death um, uh isolation kind of, lost where, where are you of, going with this kind of kind of both i guess we can kind of go all right, right, yeah i'm all of the above if you, if you consider it like oh wow that was a really close call that would have been really 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 bad it, like that could have gone really bad right like the accident could have turned to whatever right um, or close, or a brush with death if you have one. I mean, so um, I don't really have any close calls with death per se that I can think of, but um, I think one of my closest calls in a boat was actually when we lived in Florida. We were going down the Halifax River. I can't remember if we were going to or from Disappearing Island, but we were going under one of the bridges. And there was this big-ass yacht who, I guess, decided that he was not going to slow down for going under the bridges. It was basically kicking up a huge wake. And his wake went over the front of our boat and actually took the front of the boat underwater. And, yeah, um, right, real, really dangerous situation. Luckily, I don't know how, I don't know, but luckily the nose of the boat popped back up out of water and everything was fine. But, like, that was... Super fucking scary. Um, very easily could have sank the boat if it would have, you know, gone a little bit further. Could have flipped the boat, and you know, and at the time, you know, um, I think it was there was uh, five. I think there were six of us on that boat at the time. One of them being my youngest brother, who, if I remember correctly, could barely swim. Um, so I mean, if you fuck, you flip a boat. Not to mention like however many injuries you have, all that like, yeah. yeah. So that one was that one was definitely almost bad. Um, but uh, I got one more that was kind of it's kind of funny, actually. That I can. Um, I don't think I told this story while he was on, and if I did, stop me. But I was with Jade. I may have told you this story, like personally, just me to you, but I don't think I've told it on the podcast. So me, 
Megan, Jade, and the girl he was with at the time were all um, we were all on his boat, and we're rolling around the uh, Indian River down south. You know, uh, we put in there close to the inlet, and we're just we're rolling we're we're going back into the river, rolling around, we're running around. And uh, well, the girls they want to they want to get out, they want to hop on hop on the tubes that they brought, they want to float. All right, cool, fine. So they do that. And Jade uh, says, "Hey, you know, let's let's put the boat up on the bank." And I was like, oh, "Okay, sure, let's go find a bank." And he goes, "Oh no, we'll just put it up right here on this bank." And this bank is just a bunch of it's just straight tall weeds, like tall swamp grass, really tall, and it's just str- just goes straight up. And uh, I was like, "Jade, I don't think that's a, I don't think we can do that, man. I don't think we can put the boat right there." And he's like, "No, man, it'll be fine. We'll be just fine." <laughs> Like, dude, I, I don't like. I don't think so. But I mean, if you if if you think we're fine, I mean, fuck it, go for it. So I'm in the boat with him. He does a little loop and fucking revs it. And he's just gonna run that thing right up on the bank. All right? He revs it and fucking bam, we hit this damn wooden post that's hidden under behind the, the behind this tall ass this these tall ass the swamp grass. And I mean, we fucking hit it head on. But look, but it was but it was like kind of shorter, so we actually kind of ramped up it a little bit. And then the boat, and he has a 16-foot John boat, kind of goes back into the water, like in the back of the boat goes underwater. Now it's taking on water. I was like, oh fuck. So we hop out of the boat real quick and like he shuts off the engine in the process. And um we we, we keep the boat from sinking. <laughs> and now this boat's well, now this boat's covering water. So, or, um, so we're like, all right, let's, uh, let's do our best to get all this water out. Let's take, and you know, all everything that was in the boat is now all over the fucking river, uh, at least in this, at least in this immediate area anyway. Um, so we try and grab all of that stuff. Uh, the girls help us and, uh, we, we try and get the boat out of the water as much as we can so we can like try and pull the plug and get it out. But I mean, the thing's filled with water like yeah. we, it, we're not getting it all the way out. So we try and scoop a bunch of it out. Um, we got, we got a decent amount of it out. And finally Jade's like, Hey, you know, I have an idea. I was like, dude, your last fucking idea is why we're no. here. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, no, man, this one will work. I was like, all right, whatever, man. I mean, let's fucking go for it. Well, what you got? And he goes, all right, um, we're going to, uh, start the boat and we're going to, we're going to start, we're going to run around the, the inlet and the plug's not going to be in the boat. And it's going to push all the water to the back of the boat. And all the water's going to the back, go out the plug. And I was like, dude, I don't know if that's going to work. I don't know about that one either, man. I don't, I, uh, I'm not too sold on that idea. He goes, no, dude, trust me. I've done it before. That, this totally works. I'm like, again, fucking last time I trusted you. <laughs> like, like, but uh, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. All right, fine. You say this is going to work. And I, I trust you, you know. So uh, he goes, okay, but first we have to take everything out of the boat to like minimize the amount of weight that's in it, right? And I was like, all right, cool. So we we pull everything out of the boat. And keep in mind, he's got a John boat. So he starts the engine up, we take off. And we're going, and dude, we were running around for like a solid three, four minutes. And my job, he told me, he's like, hey, look, I just need you to sit right next to the plug and make sure no debris plugs that hole up. Just if anything comes up, swipe it away, push it through the, the hole, whatever, right? Um, so I was like, okay, so I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm keeping leaves out of it. I'm keeping all the muck 
away from plugging up the hole and everything. And um, after about three or four minutes, I hear, "Oh fuck!" I was like, "Shit!" <laughs> I look over. What? And he goes, "We forgot the gas tank." <laughs> oh my god! So now we are in the middle. We are in the middle of this fucking inlet. We don't have a gas tank for this for this engine that's running, and we don't have a plug in his boat. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? So we haul ass as quick as we can. So I don't know how this engine kept going this entire time. That is a fuel efficient engine, man. Yeah. It wasn't even connected and it was going. Get sponsored by him. No shit. So we go, um, we, we may get back. Put the plug in the boat. Fuck it. Throw the gas can on. Do it again. Idea worked. But it was like, I was just like, damn, man. It was like, and but it, it, it's a funny story, but it's kind of one of those things like where you can see like things could have gotten, things could have gone pretty wrong there, right? Motor could have shut off. Okay, shit. Now we don't have a plug in the boat. Now the boat's sinking. Now we're in the middle of a fucking inlet. And we don't have, and like, I don't even think there was a life preserver. I think we took the life preservers out too. Like, they were like floating or whatever. Like, Fuck. It's this hard for bad. me to have sympathy though when all those wrong decisions brought you to that one point. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To get to that point, a decision was made. And then to get to that point, another decision was made. And then a decision. And then a decision. And, then, and so on and so forth, right? So it's just how quickly something can domino, like the, the domino effect can take over. Yeah. So um, those are probably my two. My, my two. All right, I have a couple. I'll try to make them uh, interesting. I was really young. I was probably in like sixth to seventh grade, and it was that summer from sixth to seventh grade where we uh, and a couple of my friends went up to Alaska. So a bunch of kids from Florida went up to Anchorage, Alaska. For, I think we were up there for like two and a half weeks. And while we were up there, we got to do a lot of stuff. It was awesome. We did halibut fishing, salmon fishing. Uh, we went glacier hiking we uh went mountain biking on a glacier which was freaking crazy and then one of the funnest things we did was uh whitewater rafting and for this whitewater rafting trip you had to do a swim test so already you're like jesus like we got to do a swim test to even go on this rafting trip and not only that they said wear as warm clothes as you possibly can and it's middle of summer it's freaking hot in alaska and they're like, wear the warm, like if you brought jackets, hoodies, whatever, bring it all. And we're like, what? And they're like, wear blue jeans. And we're like, that's getting weird. So we show up and we're like, why do we bring all the stuff? Like, oh, you have to wear a dry suit. So all of this, the water we were in was all uh, snow melt and like literally glaciers melting. Stupid cold, I bet. Stupid cold. I think they said the water temperature was like 37 degrees. So I, we I, show I, up. I don't think I've ever felt water that cold. It was stupid cold, man. Like I said, a bunch of kids from Florida. So we jump in, we do the swim test. Everyone, you know, we're good. And they said there are three canyons. Uh, we're definitely not doing the third canyon. It's past max, and they're not allowing us to do it. So they said it's two class five rapids. Like, this is the absolute biggest and gnarliest thing that will allow you, like, civilians with no training at all, nothing to do. And we're okay with that because we have the best crew here, blah, blah, blah. Right? But like, for the this, sake of people that don't know, can you explain the classes of rapids? Class one through five, five being the cap. Besides that, like there is no class six. I think they're trying to make one now. I'm not real well versed right now on whitewater rafting or kayaking okay. or anything. 
But I mean, people are doing these waterfalls now that are the class six. Like when you go down a hundred foot waterfall, I don't know how you classify that of not being higher than five, right? Uh, fucking dumb. Yeah. And I forget, like we could Google it, I'm sure, and just come up with a quick verbiage. But like, all right, cool. One is like, nothing yeah it's just a, a flow of a creek two is like there actually are some little rapids three is probably gonna be your average trip i would say where you might be able to navigate it alone four is probably where it's up, up to rapids and a waterfall and then five is like full on full rapids i don't know that's how i'm gonna classify it well anyway it was two class fives we went down the first one it was pretty gnarly I mean, we're all freaking cold uh, we had sa- so many safety boats. Uh, there's three full rafts, and I think we had an additional three safety boats. So single individuals in these like almost pontoon-looking rafts. So we go down the first one. It was awesome. There was a long lull, like a 45-minute raft down just the river. One of the coolest things I saw, too, is they're like, look at this bald eagle. And the guy was like, it's doing something really weird. And we get up close to it, and it was on this rock, and it was like rubbing its beak on this rock. And we get up close, and it wasn't. It was a dead moose in the water, and the bald eagle was eating the moose. So I remember just like, God, man, like Alaska is gnarly. So we ended up going and the guy's hyping us up. He's like, hey, that first one was brutal. This one is like, it's only going to get worse. So everyone be prepared. We're going to go down this waterfall um, and it tends to buck people. So those in the back, like, hang on. I was up in the front right. And I remember my friend Jason was in the back middle or uh, back right, excuse me. And so we start going, and sure enough, they send the safety boats first. They go down. We're watching them. We're like, oh, shit, dude. And there's canyon walls all over. There's freaking stuff everywhere, uh, like trees in the water and everything. Well, behind every major rock, there's like always or usually an eddy. So like a still water where these safety boats would just park and just watch. So we're up. We start going down, and the guy's screaming commands, whatever. We get down the biggest part of the waterfall, and as soon as you hit, we rose up over where like the the churning water is and it was 100 accurate it bucked my friend jason out and we're young we're like i said we're in sixth to seventh grade man when he bucked out he hit the water he hit a rock underwater and it busted his face up uh it broke it didn't break his nose but it, you know he was bleeding and to like be in that moment of the guide turning the raft sideways screaming swimmer swimmer and all the safety boats all around everyone's amped up they're all freaking looking for him and he was floating face down and we were looking back toward the waterfall and we were looking the wrong direction because he had already been sucked under, was tumbled and popped up on the other side. So we're all looking up river trying to see where is he? Is he stuck? And yet he's floating face down, down river. And so all the safety boats went to action. They grabbed him, pulled him out, and his face was all messed up. He was bleeding. And so they pulled off to the side and they're like, hey, that just shows validity. Like we're not doing the third canyon. So they're like, all right, so everyone peel off. So we all peel off. <laughs> this is the dumbest part, man. So like, all right, so what's going to happen is go ahead. We're going to walk this trail back up. Uh, we're going to have to take the rafts down. We're going There's an exit point, but we can't do it here, but we're not allowing you guys to continue. So go ahead. Uh, here, hold these. We're looking and they're handing us bells. We're like, what is this? And like, wear those on your shoes. Like, you're going to walk up this trail. There'll be a highway. And then when you go up to the highway, we'll make sure the, the van's up there to grab you. We're like, okay, cool. But what are the bells for? Grizzly bears. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, yeah, you'll be fine. You're in a groove and they're going to hear you, but you'll be fine. But there's a, this is bear country, 100%. This is bad. So uh, go ahead and just hike up there. And <laughs> it's about a half a mile. You're on the trail. You're, you'll be fine. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, we're kids from Florida. And like, yeah, you're good. You're good. We'll, we'll meet you up there. So crazy. But just like, I remember that moment of like panic 
I'm seeing them even like they were pretty cool or I calm, but to even see the the guy that I was with start freaking out just a little bit and seeing my friend Jason floating face down in the water, face down. And when they yep. pulled him up, he was like just out of it and his face just blood everywhere. So that one was pretty interesting. Um, the other one that came to mind as soon as the, this question was brought up is, I've told you a, a couple times, what's my fear? Uh, oh yeah, mountain lions. Yeah, cougars, man. I, 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 if this is the story I, I'm, I'm thinking of. I, I was hoping you were going to tell this one. Yeah, yeah. Just I'll only name one of the maybe two people in this story, uh, just because they play a pretty important role in it. But we had a trip in the woods where uh, a bunch of us came together on a logging road, and we're all hanging out. And on both sides of the road, one side went up the mountain, the other side went down the mountain. And we had kicked some uh, individuals out to go build shelters and just hang out and blah, blah, blah. This is like nighttime, right? Getting nighttime. Getting nighttime. So it was was early enough in the day where they could build shelters and not have headlamps or any of that stuff. And it's cool. So we're all just standing around. We're all just bullshitting. And I was actually training a guy at the time. And I'd kicked him up the mountain to go up to an area where some guys were building some shelters. And his job was to go check on the shelters to make sure they were doing the right thing. We're all standing around, probably six of us, seven of us in a circle on this logging road, and we're just bullshitting. And I look up, and coming down the trail was, uh, I, I guess I name him uh, Ambrose. So I look up, I'm like, hey, man, is uh, everything good? He's like, oh, yeah, they're good. And he just dead stopped on the trail. And he's a solid 40 yards away from me up the, the trail. But it was an open area where I could see him. And I was like, so they're good, right? He goes, yeah, yeah, they're good. Oh, shit, is that a cougar? And the way we were standing, my back was to down the road. And I'm looking up the trail to him. And I'm like, what? And everyone starts turning and looking at me. And he's like, yeah, that's a cougar. And I turn around and look. And on the logging road, 20, 25 yards at most, man. This freaking cat standing on the road. One paw on the road. Big old fucking pumpkin head. This cat was 175 pounds, man, easily. Big Tom standing on the road. One paw on the road, one just right there on the little shoulder of the road, and its head turned looking at us. And I'm already uneasy about cats. So to know that this animal is 20, 25 yards behind me on the road, and my back is the one that turned to it, too. My back was the one turned. So I turn around like, oh, shit. And then so uh, my friend Matthew has this bright idea for many of times in the woods to whoever can get closest to the wildest animal and get a picture of it. This is a game. You see a moose, a bear, get as close as you can and get a picture. And by the end of the season, we'll see who has the coolest picture. We'll, we'll come up with something fun. So we're all turning around and looking. This cat is staring at us. I'm like, oh, shit. And then he says, get a picture <laughs> and we're like, oh yeah 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 cool so we all pull out our phones we start going after this cat and we're side by side we're shoulder to shoulder walking on this road and as we walk up to this cat it never moved didn't move it blinked once just staring at us and we got probably within like 10 15 yards of this stupid cat man just this animal on the road and i finally stopped and everyone else kind of like slowed down and stopped and it was a quick flash in my head on you're not at a zoo you know there's no glass 
There's nothing stopping this. Like, there's nothing. There's no reflection. There is no reason that this cat doesn't fuck you up right now. There is no reason why this cat can't and shouldn't, besides power and numbers. And then finally, we were all standing there pulling out our phones, taking pictures, and it finally just blinked one more time, you know, twice or whatever, and turned like it didn't give a shit about us and walked off the trail. So it's now going down the mountain. On a trail, though, there's a distinct trail. And we're like walking behind this cat as it's just pacing, not even pacing, just meandering down this trail. And we're all getting close to it. And we're like, oh shit, aren't there some guys down there? And then Matthew's like, hey, there's guys down there. And so we all start yelling, hey, hey. And I forgot the guy's name. I knew it at the time. But we're like, hey, so and so. Hey. He's like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, start barking. He's like, what? I'm like, start barking. There's a fucking mountain lion. And this guy starts singing the national anthem out loud. <laughs> oh, say. <laughs> and so, like, no. So we all looked at each other. And we start barking. Oh, you know, we're making dog noises and chasing after this cat. And finally, it wasn't until we started barking. And then we were jumping through the woods to try to get closer to it, to scare it away from where these individuals were, that it started like picking up pace a little bit. But to see, like, I think they give a shit, man. Not about anyone, not about noises, not about anything. And then right there, it's like, that is proof of why. Like, I'm not scared of a lot of stuff. I don't like sharks, alligators, we, as much as we joke about them, they're there. But cats, man. Cats. Yeah. Like, I read one of the comments on the Facebook thing that said uh, the guy thought he was being stalked by a cougar. Yeah. Like oh, the yeah, story, Justin. yeah, Justin. Like the story I told about on snowshoes. I go in and watch camp one night to see what all the Yahoos are doing out there, just whatever. Like, are they talking shit? Are they getting stuff done? And on my way back out on the same path, on my same snowshoe tracks, now there are cat tracks in my snowshoe tracks. And you're talking, this is 11, 11.30 at night. Cold, negative temperatures. Oh, yeah. And this cat is out freaking following me. You want to talk, uh, man, talk oh, about an uneasy feeling? Oh, man. We are the dominant predator of this freaking earth. But when it's just you in the woods alone with nothing and a cat following you. Just your bare hands, man. You don't have no J-dams. You don't have no freaking I don't, AR. You don't have no... Hunting like, rifle, knife. Nothing. Nothing. Like, you have nothing, which made us the dominant predator, right? Oh, man. That thing's following you. You won't know it. You don't know it in... Unless he wants you to know it. And by the way, when he wants you to know it, it's too fucking late. It's too late. And I make that joke all the time. Like, you know why I don't like them? It's because they're the sniper of the woods. You don't see them. No, dude. You don't see them. They are just incredible. And, and it's amazing that something... And not, like I think about this with deer all the time. Right? And, you know, an animal... Because like, deer are big animals. But they still move through the woods so so stealthful. Like, so... Like ghosts sometimes. Like Ooh. how many how many times have you been hunting and then you look to the right, you look to the left, oh, I don't see anything, and then like you look to the right again, you're like, holy fuck, there's like three deer right there. there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's even more impressive. It, are animals with pads? Like to think the evolution of how an animal has evolved to have pads to make it more ultimately more quiet. I think that's what it is because usually animals with pads are predators, right? More stealthy more quiet to walk around in the woods on mm-hmm. and to know like is this a proven method or not and i tried it one day i took my boots off and walked around with my smart wool socks thick 
poly blend wool blend socks right and to know like me walking on my boots versus me walking in my freaking socks and already me being able to identify like i'm so much more quiet Mm -hmm. to know that like bears mountain lions cougars dogs cats whatever they all have pads Mm -hmm. but then to know like even a deer with hooves hooves yeah which are very loud yeah how do you not step on that stick that branch whatever and I've come to the point of like training myself to like every noise you think it's like growing up. That's a deer. It's a deer. And you realize, no, it's a squirrel. Mm-hmm. I'm out of the mindset of like, I hear a noise. I think it's an animal now. Cause it's like, they're so quiet. Right. Like a moose. I tell everybody it's a hundred percent true. You will see a moose before you ever hear a moose. So to think how big is a bull moose running through the woods, massive rack, man, massive freaking set of antlers on it. And you will see them before you hear them. They're like, I hate, like, I don't know if I'm, this is the right thing to say, but like ballerinas running through the woods. Large movement, but with grace. You don't hear them. Yeah. You only see them. And it's just, I mean, it's just, it kind of goes to that point that I was kind of, I'll tell Megan sometimes just to like, and I'll reiterate to her that uh, everything these animals do is for the sake of living, right? They don't just go, oh, you know, I'm, it's a nice day to go to the beach. Let's go to the beach. No, they, they they go to a field because that field has food. They take a turn. They, they turn to the right because either they sense, they sense some sort of danger either ahead of them or because their food is on the right or their water source is on the right or because they feel it's safer on the right, right? It's not because like, oh, I feel like doing this today. There is a reason for every single movement that they do. There's a reason for the way that they're built, like their anatomy. Everything has a reason. And it's just, it's wild. Wild animals are wild. Who would have thought? And what's even more impressive is like how smart some of these animals are to learn. And I've seen some guys pull it off where they'll get a bite and then immediately retrieve their lure and throw it back out. And how many times this year alone have I had a bad hookup? I didn't set the hook right. The fish had my lure in its mouth. It's like, are they that smart that if I can throw this back out, they either avoid it or they dumb and they're going to take it again. More times than not, I've had them not like same spot, man, same spot, nothing. Yeah. Evolve, right? Evolved. All right. Um, I want to get to Ryan's question because this one's kind of funny. This one's kind of funny. We'll get a funny one uh, in the midst of uh, some of our serious conversation. Um, He says, or asks, I should say, how many beers do you think you could drink in 24 hours if your life depended on it? 12 ounce boys. Now, he did clarify to me in in a personal or I guess a a group message. um, This is like until you throw up. Hmm. Right. Is this me so, like right now, or is this me in my prime? <laughs> There's right a now, right now, right now, right now. Ooh. Now before before Man. that, I would like to tell a story. Before I haven't we actually drank like beer in a while. <laughs> um, oh, I gotta find it. I oh, want let me find it real quick. Okay, here it is. So, like a year, I think it was like two years ago. Ryan actually gave up drinking for like a whole year. It was his New Year's resol- resolution. But before he did that, he put on a Snapchat um, 
for every screenshot of like the story, I will drink that beer in 24 hours. How many, he had 34 screenshots. He had to drink 34 beers in, tw- in 24 hours. Oh, and he took a shot. So, how many beers could you drink in 24 hours? And then, by the way, this is including like you sleeping. You got to sleep, right? So, I'm looking up the phrase real quick before I start because I kind of have an answer. So, I Ryan is a much better drinker or always has been a much better drinker than I have, but he's he's always been a better shotgunner, just, and just in general. Um, and I've kind of given up drinking beer the past the, the past year. Um, now, if I drink, it's, it's generally just liquor. Um, I might have the occasional beer every every now and again. That being said, I think I, I think I could definitely do twenty. Um, I could I couldn't do thirty four. That Ryan Ryan's a freaking animal. I don't think I could do thirty four, but I, I'm pretty sure I could do twenty. Maybe more. it's a lot of beer. Maybe more. Uh, you know what? Let's say 24. 24 hours and 24. I'm looking for the phrase. I don't think I'm going to find it. This is why we need someone to permanently sit with us, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, there's a Latin phrase or an idea that you never drink when you're emotional. And I forgot the, the to paraphrase what the phrase is. Is It's through wine, truth is told. Oh, and vino veritao. Is that what it is? Yep. And we'll the, you. the only reason I know that is because of the movie Tombstone. Oh, if there you, you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you remember, Doc Holliday uh, says that when he the first time he meets uh, Johnny Ringo. and uh, Johnny Ringo. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it was White Herb says, uh, like, hey, he's drunk. And then Doc Holliday says, and Vino Veritas. And uh, he's an educated I, man. Now I really hate him. Now I really hate him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's true, by the way. Uh, I, yeah, this is going to be a, an interesting one. My best friend passed away, uh-huh. and it was very sudden. The family appointed me to be his uh, escort, so I left. Follow me on this. It's kind of an interesting story. I left England, flew to L.A. Took his body, brought it back to the family, did the funeral. This was the course of three days. And then we already had a trip planned to go to Oktoberfest. So I left L.A. at night. Literally, I just buried my best friend. We went down to the beach. We actually built a raft. And to see him off, during a drought in California, we built a Viking raft. And we all put our memories in this box on this raft and lit the raft on fire and threw it out in the ocean. As soon as we looked up and saw the uh, the cops and the fire department show up, I looked at my wife and my daughter at the time. It was like five, I think. And I was like, hey, we got to get out of here right now. And like, what? I'm like, well, we got to be at the airport in two hours anyway. Wait, let's go. And like, what? I'm like, you don't see those cops? They were coming down the highway. I was like, that's our sign. Let's get the fuck out of here. So we ran, jumped in the car, and left. So I just buried my best friend. We go to the airport, uh, go on a red eye, leave LA. We land in London Heathrow at two in the morning or no one in the morning i get a taxi or i'm sorry i get our car drive to stanstead which is about an hour away and we get a hotel for two hours leave the hotel hop on a plane fly into 
Munich, I believe, we flew into. And then right from the airport, drop our stuff off at the uh, hotel we were staying at and go right to Oktoberfest. So within not even 24 hours of me burying my best friend, I show up to party in Oktoberfest with a good group of friends. And it is just that uh, that phrase. So don't drink because well, it brings out the truth, right? So I show up. We had a table reserved in one of the gardens, and I was drinking for all the wrong reasons, I would say. And we did the math the following day, and I put down two gallons of beer because they gave it to you in a liter. You know, they show up with a stein, so you just drink it. And so we were saying from we got there at 10 when the it opened, and when we left, it was like 5.30. So from 10 to 5.30, we sat there and just drank. And then we were counting up all of our money and stuff, and someone looked at me and was like, bro, you... Yeah. yeah, yeah. How much did I drink? There's no way I drank that much. I mean, yeah. That explains how much I was pissing then. But that was two gallons of beer. Yeah. And that wasn't 24 hours. However, it was one of those mornings I woke up the next day and my wife staring at me. She was like, you know what you did last night? <laughs> uh, oh, man. Oh. I've had those mornings. I think we all have. Yeah. But uh, we're not getting into those stories. I'm pretty sure um, we were but... back in the room by like 7 p.m. and i was already i was passed out my wife went and had dinner by herself and everything but so you gotta think like two gallons of beer that's a lot it's a lot of beer that's a lot of beer so have you ever done edward 40 hands no i did that once just to see what it was about and yeah when you have to break the seal you have to pee it's stupid it's a lot of beer so how many beers can you do today in 24 hours oh no starting at <laughs> no. Just put a number on it. Like I don't like I don't drink beer anymore, and I feel like I could do twenty. Neither do I. Neither do I. I don't. Uh, I had uh, that I bush. Like I could do like twenty twenty four. A that bush apple though. I had that today for the first time. Oh, did you like it? I was kind of like, is it cider or is it bush light? And the guy was like, you just have to try it. And it's this middle <laughs> ground. Twist. It's both. It is. It's like literally this middle ground between the two. It's crazy. Um, I don't know. I'll say eighteen beers. All right. Cool. Twenty four hours. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next question. I'll let you pick this one. Stand by. I want to see if someone replied. Okay. I hope he didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, because every time you ask a question, they're pretty good. Maybe too good. Uh, Is this the uh, post net clarity one? Mm -hmm. Is that that the guy? (laughs) Mm hmm. Mm, I don't know. Right. Thoughts and tips on fall slash winter fishing and tips or different lures for catching bass. For in the fall slash winter? This is, I don't know. And I'm only going to say that because I'm from Florida where I grew up bass fishing where we don't have a proper winter like up here. Uh-huh. Even up here is not really that bad. Uh, it gets pretty cold sometimes. It does. Don't get me wrong. It gets cold when we get snow, but it's not like where the lakes freeze over for months on end. And I wasn't no. really big into fishing when I lived in Washington. I was all about hunting. Well, I mean, my and unfortunately, I don't, I don't have any tips for you uh, for as as far as like fall and winter fishing go, goes because once fall and winter come around, I'm hunting. Yep. I don't fish those times. So my tip would be uh, go get a gun. I probably no. I to be. I'll probably still fish. You know, it's something I, I love to do. Uh, unfortunately, like you said, yeah, it's now I'm juggling two to three different hobbies in one week, one weekend. When it comes to fishing, my go-to lure is movement. 
That's why I showed up the very first time we ever fished was the very first lure I threw oh, out. Lizard. lizard, because there's so much movement going on. And that's why lately I've been killing them on an 11 and a half inch worm with a massive ribbon tail on it. Big mm-hmm. movement. Big movement. However, in saying that, um, I've never caught a, a, a bass on uh... Actually, I haven't caught a bass on a chatterbait yet. I've had some big strikes, some big I've hits. Never, I've never caught one on a chatterbait either. I only started using chatterbaits this year. Same. I and like I, 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 from what I've read, actually, the Z-Man chatterbaits aren't that great. Well, we're not in the right area too. A lot of them is for like grass flats and stuff, and we don't have that here. Yeah. Um. I think, quick, I think. I think. So th- this past year, the best lure, my best lure, has been the wacky worm. That um, is across the board. Anybody ever who has had the passion of bass fishing for a while says when the bite is slow, wacky worm. Right. Um, but I'll, g- I'll, I'll give you this for, I'll give you this for early, early, um, season fishing, like, like spring, um, uh, jerk baits work really well. Um, we went fishing, we started, we started bass fishing this year, I think in March and man, we couldn't catch anything that, um, my, uh, Casey was in town. He came with us and this would have been right before, right before St. Patty's day. Um, I think no, a little bit before that. It would have been before that. Anyway, um, it was like early March, and we're bass fishing. Nobody can catch anything, and um, we switched to a uh, jerk bait, and we started slaying them. So, um, definitely early season stuff. Jerk baits are a good way to go. Um, I've done well, crank really well, uh, crank baits early season, yeah. specifically the chartreuse chartreuse crank bait. But uh, for as far as late season stuff, I don't, I, I got nothing for you there. I mean, I even alluded to it earlier when I said I like to, I like to use lures slash switch up to different lures that I think that the fish haven't seen, so it entices them a little bit more. So when I am throwing a bubblegum pink, you know, Senko, wacky rig. The first time I went out with one of those here, I was just like, oh, I'm going to try it. It's a bright color. It's, it's nasty water. Let's try it. And I caught five fish that day on what I thought would be the dumbest lure. It's like, well, they make them for a reason, right? So I always like to switch it up and try new things if I have the time. If My biggest one is I always want to get one fish. Let me get one fish with my proven method, and then I'll explore because I just hate the feeling of being skunked. So uh, I'm always a fan of just exploring new things. Especially try like stuff outside the box. Like when I got my kayak and I was inside of trees throwing a worm up onto the bank and bringing it into the water. And here I am catching good size fish. It's like, I'm doing something that I don't think any of the boats are doing right now. So let me try this. And it's so hot. Another tangent, random thought I had tonight is Silver Lake man made. Oh, I've got, I've got no idea. I don't know. I don't think it is. But all the lakes around here, I'm like, do you think this was like a retention pond back in the day they built? And it's big. Silver is big. Like, but to think, like, why is it only four foot deep? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess the, I think the average depth is like four, but it does get in some spots like down to seven. But yeah. Yeah. Seven at the bridge where <laughs> they. Well, there's two other spots where it gets to seven. But it's just weird. It's like, this, like, I guess that's almost all the places around here. I don't know. Sorry. Random thought. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Uh, what was that? What was the funny one? We uh, there was a funny question I I read that said, uh, "Who has the best breadsticks?" <laughs> oh, that was me. I asked that. You asked that? Yeah. I, no. No. So it was, I, that was in the post asking for questions. I said, "Like, here's the question for you guys: Who oh, has the okay. best? Bre- who has the best breast? What restaurant has the a- best bread?" Outback does have some fire ass bread though. It does, Ryan. It was funny actually. While he's when he replied with Outback, we were eating at Outback. Um, but for nice. me. It's Red Lobster's Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Them Cheddar Biscuits. Hey, we actually went to uh, Cracker Barrel the other day, and they don't give you free biscuits anymore. Fucking inflation, man. I know, right? I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, we don't just bring you biscuits anymore. I was like, biscuits and cornbread. The staple of the meal here at your fine dining establishment. Yeah. And she said, no, uh, you have to pay for those now. That's some bullshit. Yeah. That's how they get you. All right. Um, fun fact: Olive Garden breadsticks are around 250 calories per breadstick. Is that a lot? I'm assuming that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many of those breadsticks are you putting down? Four, five, with Alfredo on them? No, that's fair. Okay, that's a lot. <laughs> and that's not even your meal yet. Yeah, that's a lot. All right, that's fair. But you know, hey man, you don't Italian, eat just one. Italians, man. Yeah. Every Italian mob movie, there's always that one really fat guy. He's eating the breadsticks. <laughs> He's eating breadsticks. That man loves his breadsticks. He, he, yeah, he's putting them down. Yeah. Uh, what you want to do? One or two more? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, let me think. Let me I didn't think. even see it. All right, we'll go with... If you could hunt... Anywhere in the world, what would you hunt and why? Same for fishing. Costa Rica for uh, rooster fish, New Zealand for red stag. Yeah. I have a few fish that are on my bucket list still. Oh, so do I. Like a queen snapper or Mm -hmm. vermilion snapper. You should look them up. They look like just big gold fish. They're yeah. freaking amazing we went out to the humps once uh they're down in a marathon so the florida keys you go like 30 miles offshore they have these humps that go down to like 600 feet and that's where you pull these queen snapper vermilion snapper off of fucking gorgeous fish so i was already down there we just we weren't catching anything so that's a big one on my bucket list if not a rooster which i showed you that night at the fire we'll get a rooster yeah. fish from costa rica i want to catch oh, yeah. that on like a fly rod or something they have them go to Colombia and whatnot. Um, so for fishing, definitely those two are still on my to-do list. But for hunting, yeah, something about those stags, man. If you've seen the growth of the antlers of a red stag, crazy. Like how? I, I don't understand how it looks like that. How it grows like that? It's insane. It's not like a standard like American elk. I used to have a legit stag shed I found when I was uh, in Scotland. It was amazing. It was chewed up, and it was old. It was sun-bleached, but to see how big this thing was. We were moving. One of the movers, uh, his wife was there helping him, oddly enough, and she uh, was a, uh, oh my God, an archaeologist, and she specialized in previous, no, no, what's it? Primitive pottery and cave paintings. And that's what she was getting her doctorate in. 
and she saw it while they're packing up and she lost her mind. And I was like, obviously she likes this thing more than me. So I just gave it to her. That was nice of you. Yeah. But now I regret it. So I was like, it was legit. Now you instantly regret it. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was chewed up. Some, what was I going to do with it? It was going to sit in my garage probably. Uh, but, you're uh, now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Red Stag in New Zealand. All right. How about um, you? I was so... I mean, there's obviously, there's obviously a few. Uh, obviously, I have a fish bucket list as well. Yeah. Marlin, tarpon. I want to get a big ass striper. Um, but I, I guess I would go down to Florida and and, and go get go uh, fish a tarpon and catch one on a lure, not like not like on a uh, live bait kind of thing. Like I want to I want to reel it in. I want it to strike me. You know, I want to. Yeah. I, I want the whole. I want the whole nine yards for that. I love when you go down the keys and you can hand feed them. You go down to Robbie's. Oh, yeah, wild. Yeah, that's awesome. And then for sure, hunting, yeah. um, obviously, I mean, my my number one bucket list item for hunting is is elk. I've never done it, right? Um, queen snapper. Oh, uh, queen snapper. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful fish. Look at the um, color, man. It's crazy. That's why it's yeah. What did I say? It looks like a goldfish. Things red, yeah, but yeah, it's the idea of this fish came out of 600, a thousand foot of water, thousand feet. Of oh, water. yeah, that's great. Okay, that's crazy. I didn't know that they were that, they were that deep. Yeah, look how big their eyes are that oh, color wow. red, pretty, yeah. But yeah, for hunting, um, I've obviously never did any sort of big game hunting out west. Elk is my number one, so um, go do that in like uh, the south, southwest Montana or like you know, northeast. Idaho, somewhere in there, around those that, that that mountain area, there's big bulls, right? Would love to go to, go over there. Um, that or go up to Alaska and hunt moose. Yeah, a moose hunt in Alaska would be <laughs> yeah, that would be legit. Amazing. I think a grizzly hunt in Alaska would be awesome. I, you know what? Yeah, I, I've thought about that too. As fucking terrifying as that would be, um, I, I, because like it's like who's hunting who, right? I just saw this thing on Instagram the other day. This guy made his own longbow. And took a grizzly with it. Really? So he made it. He had practiced with it. He goes to Alaska and they stalk this freaking boar. And he drops it with a, his own longbow he made. That's some primitive, that's some primitive <laughs> shit right there. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking metal. He has to carry those things around in a wheelbarrow, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Crazy. Because like you got to uh, think it's a longbow, so you're getting... 15, 20 yards away. Yeah. From a, a grizzly. Fucking terrifying thought in itself. Oh. Yeah. All right. Um, another question, uh, actually, from the same person. Um, if you were to go on the show alone and you got to pick where you went, where would you pick and why? Like, what, what, what? Yeah. So, like, you had to go survive somewhere. You got to pick where you're surviving. Where are you going? Dang. I might have to give more thought into this one. I don't have something on top of my head only because I'm looking at duration and from that I'm looking at the environment. So how long can I sustain? And you got to think like the Florida Everglades. No, mm -hmm. those mosquitoes are going to kill you. Well, you know, that's not, yeah, you have to think about, okay, well, what, what, what can kill you? And I think the further south you go, the more that number of things that can kill you rises. Because it's alligators, venomous snakes, venomous spiders, other venomous bugs, 
mosquitoes will destroy you. I, I think it was like he, season two or three. They were in Patagonia, and everybody was thriving there. Oh, I didn't see it. I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. Yeah, I think it was two or three. Anyway, yeah, everyone was thriving. But then you go up to like Vancouver Island where they are. It's like I lived in Washington. In the seven years I was there, we had this one summer, man. We are in the woods. And when I say there's tens of millions of mosquitoes, I don't even mm-hmm. think you can understand that they make mosquitoes like that. And same in Alaska. You go to Alaska in the summertime, snow melt, I've, all that. I've heard that. It's insane. Like unfathomable how many mosquitoes there can be. So Bugs it's like, do I want to survive in that environment? Yeah. Fuck no. Same with the, the, the Everglades. No. So give me a little bit. I might not even answer tonight because I, I really want to like give a legit thought to this because I think I might do that show. I have friends that have signed up was, for it. Dude, I was going to bring this up today because I knew eventually we were going to start talking about it a lot, but I was going to bring it up. Like, have you thought about going on that show? And is there any way I can convince you to do it? <laughs> uh, so I know two people that have been on the show. One, I've actually, like, I know the other guy. I uh, Mike Lowe is his name. I never met him. I just worked with contractors and whatnot who were friends with him, teammates mm-hmm. of his, whatever. Yeah. So in a roundabout way, I kind of know him. Um, and I don't want to say I know him, but I know like his mindset. And when you watch the show, it's like, okay, copy and paste. That's exactly what we're all trained to do. That's what we would do. Would I do it? I have friends that have signed up for it. Like I said, uh, Brady Nichols, he was on it. Um, he was in season six, right? Yes. Yeah, that's why I just finished season six. For me, though, that's a hard one. I mean, I would do it. I would do it. But the biggest thing is the world is judging you. So oh, for like absolutely for season eight that uh that British lady who was on there, yeah. What about her? For like three fucking weeks, built her shelter, and she even said so many people are gonna talk shit about me about how I wasted all this energy and blah blah blah. But this is what you need to sustain and all this. It's like the fact that she has to rationalize why she's doing that, and I like it. it's drama for the show. It's her talking thought process, whatever. Sure. But the fact that she has to rationalize to us why she's expending this energy to build a comfort to build a necessity, to build security. And it's like, I know I'm going to go on that show. I would do one thing. They would advertise. I say something wrong, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would never live that down. Yeah, I guess. Um, because Megan, because we were watching it today, and like, we've been watching it every day the past few days, and Megan was asking, like, you think Derek has Derek ever thought about going on the show? And I'm like, oh, I'm sure he has. The guy who won season six, the the one that shot the moose. Spoiler alert. Um, I forget his name. He was on Joe Rogan, and he talked about the preparation for it. And I was gonna tell you to to listen to. It. I didn't want to tell you who won. Yeah, but he. I'll t- I'll find out uh, the episode. You should listen to it. Man, he talks about his preparation where he would sit down at dinner and drink like a half a bottle of olive oil at dinner time. Why? He's just trying to put on as much weight as he can. Oh. Fat. Proper fat. Right. So he was talking about everything was just fried and oil. Everything. And he's already a skinny guy. And that's why he felt he was already uh-huh. behind the, the power curve on this because he was already disadvantaged for being a linky, skinny guy. So when that uh Wolverine ate all of his fat. Yeah. It was like five gallons of fat in one night at eight. That's why he panicked and was like, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to do this. I have no fat. So you hear his preparation lean up to it where he was literally just drinking olive oil. It's like, man. 
I guess that's what you got to do. I mean, look at the guy who was just runner up in this last one. He went on the show like what three hundred pounds. Oh, and he lost like a hundred pounds. What was his name? Binko or whatever. Binko, yeah, yeah. Like he had that reserve already built in because that was his life. Unfortunately, I don't have that right now. So to prepare for that show, months. However, you mentioned Biko, who had all those reserves. Well, what about the guy who just won season eight, who did not have those reserves? Yeah. And, but look at the last three winners. I haven't seen season nine yet, but the last three winners taking large mammals. Yeah. Uh huh. And are you good with are you good with a recurve bow? You better get good with one. You'd figure it out real quick, wouldn't you? Real fucking. Or bad. do you just dedicate and bring uh you know your fishing kit, or do you attack from both angles? Question for you now. Now, now this is my own personal question. So, the um your your friend who was in season six opted not to bring a recurve bow because he said that student. Of the no show, one has taken uh, mammals, which is I think is ironic. Like same episode, somebody took a moose. Yeah, no, no, that's the ironic part of it. Yeah, is he said he is a student uh, of the show. So for five seasons, no one's taken a large animal. No one. They're all taking fish and mice, right? So he said he didn't want to waste that. For quite a few seasons leading up to that, some people actually for an item brought like beans and rice. Huh. You can go on the History Channel's website and it shows you every single yeah, uh, person every and what they brought. brought. Yeah. A lot of people, they were allowed um, beans and rice. If I remember correctly, I think uh, uh, Brady brought beans and rice. Emergency rations, I think is what they call it. But he said that, yeah, he's a, a student of the show and no one has taken a large animal. And only like three days later, after that being aired, or that one that one phrase he said is, that guy took a moose. And then since then, for three seasons in a row, the winners. Hmm. Yeah. Crazy. And it's pretty funny. The guy who uh, took the ox, he was a little different. I haven't seen that yet. Don't tell me. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Spoiler alert. I, I don't know what season is. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Anyway. No, for the other two, though, for the one that we both watched, the moose and the latest one uh, with the black-tailed deer, both of them were in this panic of they didn't think they could do it after they had meat. Yeah, they had fat, they had all this meat, right? Resource. And even both of them were in the mindset of, oh, I, I don't know if I can make it work. It's like, you took a moose, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you took a moose. <laughs> yeah. So, and, I mean, they put in little blur- bl- like blurbs up there, like, no, but like, you can't just survive off of the meat alone. You, like, you know, you have to have fat and things like that. I'm like, okay, you know, that's fair. But you know what? He's going to survive a hell of a lot longer than somebody who doesn't have the meat at all. Yeah, exactly right. Because I'll go back to like season one in my mind. It's still one of the best seasons. And the runner up was just crushing these little field mice. I remember. With a rock. And they're like, this field mouse will give him 19 calories. <laughs> you know, and you're like, right. He's out here. And I think that one went to like the 60s and 70s. And he's out here just in a crushed mouse because he's using a rock. And that, and that was his only means of food. That was the only thing he was eating, too, which, which kind of um, speaks to the importance of, and I think I mentioned this last episode. Um, you need to have multiple ways to achieve food, whether it be the bow, the gill net, trapping, whatever. You need to have multiple ways because if one goes away, you need to back up. I texted you one word. Diversify. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
All right. Uh, the last one. Um, we'll do one more question, I think. <laughs> what are some of your favorite podcasts? Uh, well, my number one favorite one is The Outsiders. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Great well, plug. Yeah, a little self-plug. I don't, I don't know why I had to plug it. If you're listening to this, you already know about it. So <laughs> that was kind of That's funny. Um, this is a damn good one, except for my dog in the background. Yeah, if you can hear him, which I'm sure you can. Anyway, her. Um, she her, is not having a good time right now. Straight up not having a good time. No, no. I mean, I... I I listen to podcasts about things that I like, and the two main things that I like are the outdoors and sports. So um, the main one for each one of those, uh, Pat McAfee show. Yep. Love listening to him. He's super energetic, super positive guy. And yeah. He, uh, good for well, him, too. Yeah, good for good for that guy, right? Yeah. Um, just living his fucking best life. And uh, he's, you know, he, former NFL player. It's fun listening to his stories. Super funny guy, and then the uh, on the outdoor side of things, I mean, kind of mainstream, but Steve Reno, um, just listening to him speak in general anytime you can. It's uh, it, it, I don't know, it's always soothing to the ears. Have you heard his one about the being attacked by grizzly bear? Uh, I heard the story, so I actually, so I, I got his book, or the it's an audio book. It, you can't, it's not like an actual physical thing; it's only an audio book. Um, close calls, campfire stories. And he tells the story in there. It's fucking wild. You should listen to podcast because it was only the next day after it had happened, and they all the people that were there were on the podcast, and they all told their version of it and like their details and what they were doing. Yeah. And you hear it, and you're like, "Jesus!" Like that guy rode the grizzly bear's back yeah. and was beating it with a trekking pole. Have you have you listened to the audiobook yet? I haven't. It's it's very it's the exact same thing. So basically, yeah. they so each person. And this by the way, this audiobook is great, not just for the story, but all the other stories that are on it. Like Steve, like Ranella will give a brief intro to what the story is, and then the person who actually went through it tells the story. And man, there's some of these stories that are obviously they're close calls, right? And these close calls are death, near death, absolutely near death. And you hear the emotion in their voice. Yeah. Um, some of them have 911 recordings, and it's like Dude, that's fucking wild, that's and like you and you can hear the emotion, and which is why I think it's it's a it's a fantastic audiobook because it's the people who lived it telling the story. But anyway, um, everybody that was there tells their version of the story on the audiobook as well. So if you guys haven't listened to it yet, it is well worth it. Whatever you get your audiobooks, Audible, whatever, download it and. L- just listen to it while you're in the car. It's a it's a fantastic. I have a few. I don't know if you can tell or not, but uh, I love surfing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, so, yeah. and if you've listened to us for listened to us for a while, you will know every episode we have something playing on the TV. And well, tonight it is what is it? Uh, just a uh, this is surfing a replay. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> A uh, replay from Jeffrey's Bay, so the competition they just did uh, two ago in South Africa. And earlier, we were watching uh, what they just did in Tahiti, so it's called uh, Chopu, uh, Tihupu. And it's a massive wave that breaks in only like three, four feet of water. So we're watching the highlights from that, and these are 20-foot waves they're surfing. So anyway, we've been watching that, so I love surfing. So Spit Podcast, that's a pretty good one, just every week up to date on what's happening in the surfing world. Jocko, of course, I love the breakdowns of the stories. I feel are almost forgotten stories. 
and he gets these individuals that have wrote these books to go on and talk about them. And some amazing stories, man. Amazing. Uh, Michael Durant, Chief Warrant Officer Michael Durant, Black Hawk Down. He was just on there earlier this year for four hours and talks about his book, the amazing book in the Company and, and of Heroes. That and that guy's got a fucking story, obviously. Uh, amazing story. And now you get to hear him talk about it. You hear Jocko's demanding voice read blurbs, you know, clips from the, the books. And he's, man, uh, what was that guy's name? Dave Pedersen, the uh, founder of Top Gun. He was on there recently. Just amazing stuff, man. You're just like, I'm glad that we have someone that reaches out to these people and hear these stories before they are forgotten. Because a lot of these are not written down. A lot of them are. Well, I mean, hell, but, I mean, the stories from World War II are almost completely gone. Yeah. There, it, it, there's not many left to be told, unfortunately. But yeah, it's like along those same lines. Anyway, continue. I should tell you a story one day. I just told it recently to someone that about a <laughs> I mean I don't want to give it all away because I'll just we should talk about it in the next episode which leads us into maybe what will be happening here in the next month but I took my family to the uh, veterans home in Spokane and for Veterans Day we went and served lunch dinner there we hung out we cooked we sat down with uh, all these vets you don't know that I just had lunch with a general, a four-star retired general just sitting here who's in his 80s and is one of the grouchiest people we've ever been around. And yet this guy over here is the nicest guy you've ever been around. And he was just, you know, a master sergeant or whatever, right? So you don't know who these people are. And then you start talking to him and hear these stories. And I'll tell you this, one of the stories, Mel, is just crazy, crazy story. And it's a forgotten story. So we'll talk about that. That leads us into POWs and all that stuff maybe in a later episode. Because these are good, uh, good stories, right? Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do uh, do us for tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, right, well, well, um, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, uh, be a friend. Tell a friend if you enjoyed us tonight, and if you did not, well, then uh, just forget it. Forget it ever happened. Uh, so some signing off words by me real quick number one is get out there while the weather's still good get some fishing in before uh before september october comes around get ready for a hunting season start uh start doing your scouting now if you haven't already you're already too late i guess stock up on ammo yep start buying 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 because shoot too yeah shoot practice if you wait too long it's gonna be gone yeah I i have only been in the backyard maybe a handful of times the last two months on my bow i just i gotta get a new string on it too yeah. just an excuse but get some fishing in get the get some hunting in get ready for it and uh avoid putting hooks in your shin <laughs> by your own hand too by the way hey, I, but here, the weird thing was like i said i was holding that thing <laughs> out to the side trying to avoid it and somehow it still got me but whatever yeah be careful guys um, Shit happens always, always have a first aid kit in the boat um for random ass scenarios i usually have mine in before uh I had, but I put it in a uh, my hunting pack for when I was scouting, and I forgot to take it out, so I didn't have it in the boat with me. So I actually had to use the guy that came over to t- that told us how to pull it out. I had to use his first aid kit <laughs> to like to stop the bleeding. So hey, I'm sorry. I, I know we've been going on forever. I have one more thing I actually want. Uh, okay, I'm giving a shout out to someone. I guess we weren't signing off. Yeah, no, no. I'm sorry. I just man, what a fucking Rob Wink. Oh yes. I had him recently in uh, one of my classes, yeah. and we got to talking. He pulled me off to the side and told me that he had gone out a couple times to Rainier, and he cannot summit 
And he's tried like two or three times, if I remember correctly. I think I think he's tried three times. All three times, he, um, his summit trip has been canceled due to weather. And he pulled me aside after class one day. He's like, tell me this whole thing. And he looked at me and goes, I will get it this year. And I'm like, dude, how amazing is that? That you're leaving here to go out there just to, to climb this mountain. Like, I didn't even do it when I was there. I was there for yeah. seven years. And I had gone out to Rainier. And I just looked down, yeah, whatever, it's there. But to see, like, he is so obsessed. He has summit fever. He does. So where he's standing in my office and he's like, Hey, I will get it this year. I'm like, hell yeah. 12 hours ago, the team and I successfully summited Mount Rainier on Thursday oh, morning. Yeah. Awesome experience. Probably 10 times harder than I anticipated. Lots of fun crossing ladders, spanning decent sized cat, uh, crevasses. And he posted that picture, dude, look at this picture. Hell, that's a beautiful picture, right? Sun. He ahead. is standing on top of Rainier. Sun's I mean, coming up. Yeah. No setting. No setting. I, setting. I and it's just. I would, I would imagine they would have started started it. No, no. Sun's light. coming up. Yeah, sun's coming up. He's got his head up on. He's on top. Dude, amazing. Top of good, the world. Good for him, right? Because he has been trying this for a while, and he. He, I think he's taken one or two trips this year, at least yeah. just this year, trying to do it, and it keeps getting canceled for weather. And finally, finally, the man gets to gets to accomplish his goal. I might have the story a little ass backwards, so if I miss a detail or something wrong, please mark correct me, and I'll I'll, fin- I'll correct it. I had a friend that him and his wife uh, decided to climb Rainier, and post like partum, she had given birth. And I, dude, there's so many funny stories. I can tell you a fucking hilarious story about this trip. And I wasn't even on this trip. It's a secondhand story that, oh my god, dude! It's I would put in a comedian's get. All right, well, we'll get into that. We'll we'll do that one later. But I just want to say that uh, Mark and his wife decided that they were going to climb Rainier. She was only a couple months out from being or giving uh, birth. Her mom came out to watch their daughter so she could go climb it with them, and they had trained, worked her ass off. And they summited it with a, an old boss of mine. And he was telling me that this guy kept passing him up and down, up and down, up and down. He's like, what the fuck, man? This guy's just running laps around him. And they get up to the top and this guy had summited like twice or three times that day. Well, he is hired by NASA to deliver parts up to the summit because they had a base camp up there because on the top of Rainier is one of the closest atm- or closest uh, environmental conditions to Mars. And they were up there testing rovers and shit. And this guy was hired by NASA to run these parts and build these freaking like rovers and shit on top of Rainier. So they get up to the top and there's this own little base camp and they're messing around with rovers up there. And it's like he's struggling to just get one summit in, you know, like to get to the top. And this guy was just up and down, up and down, up and down. Just another day for him. Yeah. Running parts and, you know, pieces up to build rovers. It's wild. How fucking nuts is that, dude? <laughs> That's someone's job on the day. Yeah. But uh, I'll keep the names out, but remind me the next podcast, dude, to tell the story about climbing Rainier and breastfeeding. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. I might have to get permission on that story. <laughs> Color me intrigued. Oh, don't forget. You also have to, you also have to tell your uh, jump story. So. We need to start taking notes. Yeah. We have so many stories still to tell, which uh, I guess we'll do. How about this next episode? Let's do uh, like a comedy special where I'll get you laughing, dude. These stories have to come out. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, until um, then, until next time, good news is we have plenty of stories to tell. It's for plenty of future podcasts. So I'm um, getting up in five hours to get back on silver. 
Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I got another uh You're going three. back to you're going back to silver? Yeah. Oh dude, fuck that place. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that place after today. Yeah. No, um, I got uh, another three pounder to catch. I'm out. Thanks. Until um, next time, I will see you on the water, guy. Yes, I will see you on the water. And, and soon and in the stand. <laughs> and soon very soon in the stand. Or the or the sunflower field if we're going after dubs. Back. Um for everybody else, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share. Or if you hated us, just ignore us. Uh, That is all for tonight. Appreciate you all. See you. Out.